0: This is the Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're talking about Hawkeye. Episode 1, Never Meet Your Heroes.
1: Yeah, as much as I love having you home for the holidays, I'm not thrilled that I'm about to replace an irreplaceable clock tower. It was a bell tower. The Dean said it had a bell and a clock, and overachiever that you are, you managed to destroy both.
0: What can I do to make it better, Mom?
1: I started by canceling your credit cards, and we're going to have a much longer talk about this tower that you destroyed without joking. I know that young people think they're invincible, and rich people think they're invincible, and you have always been both, so take it from someone who hasn't. You're not. You will get hurt. So please, don't go out looking for it.
0: Hey fellow defenders, we did record this podcast as part of a double header where we recorded episode one and episode two at the same time. Um, but it went a bit long. Um I thought before the discussion we'd be able to put out one episode for both episodes of, of Hawkeye. But I thought when editing it would be easier to put it out as one podcast for each episode of Hawkeye. So here is our podcast on episode one of Hawkeye. Welcome back, fellow defenders to Defenders Podcast on TV Podcast Industries. We're back in Marvel live action, and I know a lot of our wonderful listeners did skip. What If, which means this is the first time we're talking to you about Marvel TV since July.
2: You Unless remember? you've been listening to our movies at the TV Podcast Industries, where we did do the MCU-based ones.
0: Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And I suppose since Shang-Chi was released on uh, on TV screens on Disney+, I guess you might call that Marvel TV as well. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. Uh, i want one of your
1: host, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. Welcome back. I am one of your other hosts,
0: John.
2: And rounding out this quiver of podcasters, I am Chris.
0: Excellent. Yes. Welcome back. Uh, delighted to be talking about Hawkeye. Um, we are going to go into full spoiler-filled details about the first two episodes of Hawkeye, but we're going to talk about episode one first, followed by episode two on the podcast. So if you do want to just watch the episodes and listen to our podcast, you can stop halfway through, basically, and you won't be spoiled at episode two, right? That's what we're hoping, right?
2: Yes, that's yes. the plan.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the plan.
0: That's Excellent. the plan. Excellent. If you haven't watched the episode at all, though, head on over to Disney Plus. Uh the first two episodes are available right now and go watch them. Um, before we go into it, guys, uh anybody getting some Defenders vibes from Hawkeye? We're back in New York, we're back with a underground mafia kind of group, we're back in high society like we were with Iron Fist. Anybody feeling a little bit of Marvel Netflix Defenders vibes,
1: definitely those water towers on the opening or closing credits. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just there on on Daredevil with that, and I was kind of expecting the hand to sort of mm-hmm. poun- pounce out from <laughs> uh, literally around any corner. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, definitely. i it, 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 It's Daredevil at Christmas. How's that? Yeah, it has a Christmassy vibe. Winter is in the air. You can taste. The snow flakes as they flitter down from the sky, along with some Russian mafias and everything else in between.
0: It's
2: <laughs> yes,
1: Christmas Mafia.
2: Yeah, Christmas Mafia,
0: well technically Tracksuit Mafia, but it's a bit on the nose. What a present. Well, (laughs) before we get into our podcast, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe to us on TV Podcast Industries, wherever you get good podcasts, uh, or you can go over to our website at tvpodcastindustries.com. Also over the website, you should be able to find details of our pub quiz, which we're doing on both shows that we're covering, Hawkeye, and on Wheel of Time. Uh, So two opportunities to enter Either of those, uh, of those pub quizzes. Uh, you will get your first two questions for the Hawkeye pub quiz later on on the podcast. And all you need to do is send your answers into feedback at TV podcast industries.com. And at the end of our season of Hawkeye, we will be picking out a winner for some Hawkeye's goodies. The fellow defender who's got the most questions correct. There you go.
1: Yes. And if it's a tie, then out comes the glorious Tombola, yeah. uh, in which we'll pick the winner. From uh, all those that have scored the highest marks. Or Santa hat, maybe. Or Santa hat, yes. Or Christmas stocking, even.
2: Well, it will be a New Year's hat, because this finished is just Christmas week, and we'll probably record just after on our wrap-up.
0: Yes, closing date for the Hawkeye and Wheel of Time pub quiz is the 31st of December, so you're completely correct, Chris. We will be pulling out uh, the winner of... The of both of those uh, at the start of the new year. Um, you can also email us to that email address with any thoughts that you have on any of the shows we're covering to to feedback at TV dot Without further ado, let's get into the podcast about Hawkeye episode one. Uh, executive producer for this show is Jonathan Igla. He started out on Mad Men and Masters of Sex and is the lead writer for uh, for Hawkeye. He's written the first episode of the show as well. Excellent stuff. That's an
1: interesting combination uh, for for Hawkeye. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Hopefully masses of sex taught him about the absurd uh, and the giggles. Yeah.
0: Per- perhaps <laughs> I have read that, uh, that line that I wrote, um, to, to say what shows you did before. I read it about three times as Mad Max. Um, <laughs> <because> <laughs> I'm pushing words together this afternoon. Hopefully I won't do that too much throughout the podcast. Uh, the episode was directed by Reese Thomas. Reese Thomas has a really interesting history. Um, he's done Saturday Night Live. He did the John, M- John Mullaney show. Um, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch, which is a really uh, fun comedy special. Uh, So, going from comedy over to um, over to Hawkeye,
2: Marvel TV show, yeah, and you can get all that flavor throughout these episodes. This is probably one of the more wink, wink, nudge, nudge, how's your father? um, Direct-based comedy from the MCU that we've had in a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely some good comedy in this one. As
2: well. Oh, yeah, and I'm sorry, not, uh, but also I yeah. just meant more of the, hey, you got it, you got it, you got that joke, hey eh. Hey. Uh, there you go. <laughs> that sounds a little bit like agree. you hated the comedy, Chris. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's the style, the wink, wink, nudge. Nudge.
0: Did you get the joke? Do I need to push it further? That sounds a little <laughs> bit like you didn't enjoy it, It is a bit on the nose. Reese Thomas has also directed episodes of Unbreakable Kimmy Smith as well, so has done live action comedy before as well. So uh, so great Excellent. to have them on board uh, for the first two episodes of Hawkeye. John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for Hawkeye episode one, Never Meet Your Heroes?
1: Sure. Ho, ho, ho. It's 2012, and as the Battle of New York rages between the Avengers and the Chitauri, a young Kate Bishop witnesses Hawkeye battling his foes, and aspires to become a hero like him, after he unknowingly saves her life. In the present day, Clint Barton is spending some quality time with his children in the lead-up to Christmas in New York, with musicals, meals, and movie marathons. Meanwhile, Kate Bishop, back from her destructive semester at college, attends a charity auction gala with her mother, Eleanor, and is surprised to learn that her mother is engaged to Jack Duquesne. After witnessing an argument between her mother and Jack's uncle, Armand III, Kate follows him into the basement of the building, where she stumbles onto a black market auction, where Armand and Jack are bidding on items recovered from the remains of the Avengers compound. The auction is interrupted by the Tracksuit Mafia, a Russian street gang who attempts to recover a watch among the items. Kate manages to hide her identity using one of the auction items, Clint Barson's Ronan suit, and defeats the tracksuit mafia. She escapes to her apartment after rescuing a stray one-eyed dog, but heads back out to learn more about Armand III. When she breaks into and enters his home, she discovers that Armand has been murdered. While running away from the crime scene, she's cornered by the tracksuit mafia, but is rescued by Clint, who is curious to know who is wearing his Ronan suit and why it's been heavily featured on the evening news. Excellent.
0: Good kickoff to the first episode of Hawkeye.
2: Exactly. It's doing what we wanted to do. It's setting the stage. It's, it's centering the action and the story on Kate, while also, to be fair, giving you everything you need to know for the rest of the time, by Clint and where he's at and kind of setting <laughs> setting the stage of the musical, which will be the show, <laughs> um, much like <laughs> the Rogers, the musical.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. What a way to kick us off as well. And... What a great way for Disney Plus to release these episodes. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving to all of our American uh, listeners, because this is a holiday-themed show stemming from the day before Thanksgiving to the day before Christmas. What a great release schedule that Disney have decided for this. Really cool.
2: It's also six days to Christmas in the show. So as we go further and further into the the next four episodes well, five episodes after this one, uh of a six season six episode season, it's pred- predominantly going to get us to Christmas Day. Um so it's gonna finish on that like hopeful kind of like you can see it now. It's gonna be the end of home alone type ending <laughs> where everyone's around a tree, the Clint and Kate are a bit beaten up, but they're drinking hot cocoa by a fire around a Christmas tree singing Yule Tide.
0: Well, he better make it home to his family by Christmas. Uh, That's the plan. Yes. (laughs) The way we're going to talk about these episodes, as usual, is by picking out our major points from the episode, Hey, it's Hawkeye. How about we go for Arrow Points?
1: Yeah, I think Arrow Points sounds pretty good. It's character relevant. Mm -hmm. um, And, uh, you know, we could have done Christmas baubles or sort of canine eyeballs or something Mm -hmm. like that, you know. But certainly... It is really... Well, I've had to really adjust uh, to... Uh, this christmas theme i guess we've been recovering wheel of time we mm-hmm. did why the last man and so i i really had to get myself into the headspace of a christmas movie and mm-hmm. um, so we've been watching like gremlins and trying <laughs> to watch loads of christmas movies just to to kind of get back into it yeah because then it really just started to get cold here so it's not really been that kind of christmasy feeling and yeah. um, you know we don't have any decorations up so only a uh, month
0: away as we record though well that uh, is
1: true but I, i'm definitely in that headspace now
0: um, yeah. and i must say uh, really enjoyed this and i enjoy the arrow points as well excellent excellent yeah i was trying to be really smart with my selection of arrow points and i looked up what the tip of an arrow is called and it is called a bullet point. Apparently. So, <laughs> so I'm like, Well, I can't really use that. That wouldn't uh, wouldn't get it across. So uh, so our arrow point number one, let's go back to 2012 and the opening as Hawkeye faces the Chitauri. I think it's probably good to talk about this. I know there's loads of stuff we could talk about in an episode, especially when we only have three points to talk about. But I think for us as Defenders TV podcast or formerly Defenders TV podcast, who covered every single episode of the Defenders shows, whose only link to the MCU was they kept mentioning the event in new york down the street (laughs) yet this show opens up with effectively some recut footage and some matched up footage of kate bishop in her home as the Shatari attack i thought this was really effective opening
2: yeah oh 100 this was some of my most favorite this is one of the most favorite openings i've had in a long time because Mm. it is what is this is how we know we are now almost a decade plus into the MCU um, and 24 films and a number of shows, etc. cetera, because the next round of heroes within Phase 4 will have been kids and will have been kind of brought up in the world post the Shatari invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is like, it's going to be a major moment. So it makes sense that these things are going to have impact, but at the same time, talked about. Like, um, in Shang-Chi and the, 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 like the snap at the, the end of Infinity War in the beginning of Endgame. It's like that kind of, it's talked about, but everything just goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to see it just shown in that way. Yeah. And I've already seen the show's been out 24 hours and someone has already on the internet cut and matched the scene of Hawkeye jumping and doing his swing mm-hmm. with the Kate Bishop scenes. So cool. And, of course, perfectly aligned, well done, yeah. Disney, yeah. but just fantastic to see that they, they took that level of detail into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, even even without the uh, the placard saying 2012, I love that you could have known what day it was because you just get that noise in the background of the Shatari vehicle going past her window, and you kind of go, ooh, wow, this is just at that moment.
1: But that, that that's what was cool about it, because mm-hmm. as soon as 2012 came up, New York, you're going, it's the Battle of New York, it's the Mm shatari. And then you're just waiting for it to happen. And it happens in Kate's bedroom, and you just see that shadow like and the noise just Mm -hmm. zoom past the window. Um and you're just like, Oh, that's so cool, even though you know it's happening and all that. And I just thought that was so brilliant, and that they picked, you know, with it being Hawkeye. That was one of my favorite moments, him doing the flip and just having that and seeing it from Kate's perspective. I would want to be an archer, you know, and and basically join archery club. Probably wouldn't be quite as much of an an overachiever as Kate. I'd probably (laughs) fail to hit the bullseye. I certainly wouldn't be able to be doing parkour up uh, the side of a college building at, at uni. So, yeah. um, but this, yeah, this was fantastic opening for me. Well, as can well. we talk
0: about what it establishes about Kate as a character as well? So, some of the interesting things that it established just in this opening scene is not just her in New York in 2012, but also establishes she is massively wealthy, or at least the family are massively wealthy. That that penthouse apartment where you have her bedroom. On the top floor with her parents bedroom. Then you have an area where she's, where the kitchen is that her mom says, I'm going downstairs. (laughs) Um, this is probably the most expensive looking apartment in New York, right? So she does come from significant money, but there is a fight between her parents about that money and the fact that they may lose the apartment because of the stock market going up and down. Um, John, you had a question about this. Um, uh, that, that you may, that you think this may cause some question over Kate's mom.
1: Yeah for me it the relationship just felt really off kilter mm. you know um and you just wondered whether there was more stuff and i think um i think i think it was because you know the there's, at the end is the apartment's beginning to crumble there's like where's daddy and you hear kate screaming daddy and then you know it cuts to uh, effectively daddy isn't okay he's yeah. he's died in the attack but um it it's just with um Everything that happened afterwards, where you see Armand and Eleanor having that fight, you see her kind of cover that up um as well to to kate and of course, we don't see her father um die in any way, mm-hmm. sort of even if it's like you know just before he gets covered in rubble, and why why didn't they get covered in rubble well, as well, given that they were heading downstairs, and it so would have ended uh, the series
0: pretty
2: quickly. Yeah. <laughs> well, no,
1: no, no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it it was just I suddenly kind of just you know they they're definitely making Eleanor more suspicious mm. than you would have initially thought. Certainly with the exchange with Armand, um, the mm. third, um, and I just wondered because when Kate comes downstairs shouting for her mom and her dad. She's no longer in the kitchen. Now, when I watched it a second time, she has left by that stage. Mm -hmm. You do see her taking the plates of the waffles and the strawberries out. But I was just wondering, you know, just maybe there's something a bit nefarious. I mean, she's certainly been set up that way uh-huh.
0: anyway. Um, See, this is what happens when we watch things like Wheel of Time and Why the Last Man for months on end. And even, even What If was quite a dark show so with, with little twists and turns in there. So uh, this is what happens. Everybody is under suspicion in this show. Uh, I want to point out that... Um, this is the first time we've had a character called Derek uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Kate's father is called Derek. Uh, while they're in that argument, Eleanor calls him by Derek. The subtitles don't even mention it. I heard the name. I was like, that's my name. Uh, I know, Chris, you have an overabundance of Chrises in the MCU. Uh, John, there's quite a few Johns in there as well. So uh, I was just happy to hear my name on screen and then they took it off, uh, all the subtitles, which was quite annoying. Um, the other big thing that we do learn in this kind of opening sequence, when it goes to these aren't opening credits because these opening credits are more of a montage about what how Case has grown up this is something that we probably yep. won't see in any yeah. f- any of the future episodes we certainly don't see it in episode 2 and that's not a big spoiler so uh, i'm sure that's fine um but it is the montage of of all the training that she's gone through to get to this massively proficient fighter and massively proficient archer like that's all contained within the animated opening credits
2: yeah this for me was the 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 most Shock and awe moment of that whole opening. It was just, I've never seen them use this visual telling or this visual style for mm-hmm. storytelling. Usually it is like we're go- much like kind of, what was it? Team America. It's going to be a montage mm-hmm. kind of that. It is that we, any other show style, we would have got a very much live action seeing Kate. Fog- we got it with Carol Danvers in Captain Marvel that yeah. that essentially that training montage of her being the stronger woman growing, growing, mm-hmm. growing. And again, that was great for that movie. Yeah. I was expecting it here. And they completely they completely turned it on their head by choosing a visual style, a style of telling where well, it is very unique. It is very based in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And it brings in that i hate to say it it brings in that comic flavor of like hey you're still in the mcu this is going to be a fun ride Mm. let's tell you through bright purples and blues and pinks and whites and blacks and they were able to say so much during that like you learn straight away that kate is like she is a badass like, she's constantly getting knocked down in the beginning, beginning, and you see her progress from, like, losing at the very last place to mm. third, second, first, and then trophy after trophy after trophy after trophy yeah. after style after, like, karate, gymnastics, jiu-jitsu, parkour, blah, 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 yeah. all culminating in the clock tower.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. The bell tower, Chris, just the happens to bells- have a clock on it. Yeah,
2: Exactly. <laughs> It's both. (laughs) Yeah, I have to say
0: this this scene in itself just is a fun introduction to Kate's character at the at the Bell Tower, the Clock Tower. Um, Haley Steinfeld,
1: diddly ding. That's Seinfeld, John. I know. Yeah, no. I, I, I kept I just kept calling her Haley Seinfeld right. and that's all I could think of. Um <laughs> and then I realised I was getting it wrong.
0: Sorry. But we, I digress. <laughs> she's so good. She's so yes. much fun in the show, and this opening scene shows you how great she is with the bow, that she's got good friends around her, even though they're leading her to do things that she probably shouldn't be doing in college. and um, I still don't understand how the entire bell tower collapsed from the rope that rings the bell pulling downwards because surely that's exactly what that <laughs> rope is supposed to do. Hopefully that doesn't collapse any bell towers, uh, but it's a fun scene. So it is. Uh, it's
1: a fun scene, definitely. M- maybe that arrow also overachieved. Uh, like, like Kate, um, you know? Um, I I, did, I really did like her mum saying, you know, the overachiever that you are, you destroyed both the clock and the tower, and now I've got to replace an irreplaceable clock tower. <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah. I mean, though that was really... Uh, really good, and it also it, it connects into what we see her, you know, doing all this—the archery, the the martial arts. Mm-hmm. You yeah. even see the medals in her bedroom in yeah. 2012, um, and so it, it. And she's at university. She's from a wealthy family. Oh yeah, and I like you know she says you're 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 both wealthy. And you're young, mm-hmm. and, and you just think nothing can harm you, yeah. um, and that's that's young dangerous. People, you yes. know, you've got to be be careful. And yes. so, young people it, and rich people both yeah. think they're invincible. Um, yes, yes. And exactly. You ca-
0: and and again, I like the illusion of that. You know, she's just knocked down a clock tower in a college, <laughs> and she just expects to, her mom to take out the checkbook and pay yeah. it off. And her mom will because yeah. her mom and herself don't have a good relationship. That's shown right at the start when she falls over, her mom goes to her husband and goes. You up there. She's not gonna want me kind of thing, you know. It's, yeah. it's shown all the way there and ten years later, still the same relationship. So um so well, yeah, loads about Kate in that first five minutes of the episode. Anything else that we haven't touched upon from that opening kind of portion of the episode?
2: Yeah, just a quick for me, Haley Steinfeld is <laughs> having a is having an amazing moment. Dickinson is on Apple at the moment, um, this is here, and she's also in Arcane on Netflix. She's on right. all three major <laughs> streaming platforms, shows yeah. concurrently, and she's the lead in all of them. Um, yeah. And I think like this is her. This is I, I want to say this is her coming out moment. But she like Bumblebee. She was in Bumblebee, mm-hmm. which is Transformers, which is huge.
0: Yeah, it was actually good after five terrible Transformers. Films, I yeah. know.
2: Mm-hmm. And this is again, this is her like she very much showing her acting chops because for me, this opening montage and this opening sequence. The strength of the writing is huge, like mm-hmm. both narrative and then actually the banter between Kate and her mother, like that, like you said, that 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 rich versus young being invincible. That's mm-hmm. very quick-witted, quick witted, quick turn around, and then Kate is one with the quips in the comic books, so they very much have her down as a character because she is quipping back very quickly. No, they're not the best mm-hmm. ones because she still has training to do. Uh, over time, she'll meet Peter Parker. Her quips will get better. It'll be fine. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe. But no, I just, I, I really, really love this opening. That's all I wanted to say. Excellent.
0: Excellent. We go on to our point number two then. Let's and get do on it. To an underground auction.
1: Yeah. I mean, on, on this, I mean, first off, before the auction, you know, just we get the sense of the strange relationship because um her mom hasn't even let her know that she's gotten engaged mm-hmm. to uh jack Duquesne. yeah Um, and so you know that's got you're just there going okay is that just wealthy family syndrome that they don't really talk because it's 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 off to the boarding school and, mm-hmm. and and so on um and you know is it that dynamic but at the same time whilst the dynamic is strained it seems like they can still talk to one another. Yeah. Um but I, I can imagine um you know Kate seeing Jack show up with that mustache. Oh, um yeah. it is it is a little disheartening uh, for sure. Um and uh, you know I guess she's not really um gotten over the loss of her father as well, you know, uh, yeah. in terms of that, you know, it, it it it's that whole sort of dynamic. So it, it, it keeps that strained and something alluded to as well. The reason why um, Kate follows Armand III, who's Jack's uncle, mm-hmm. it is because of that conversation that she just kind of sees happening um, between Armand and Eleanor. Kate seems to think that Armand is threatening Eleanor uh, when, in fact, you know, he's really saying your empire is built on a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I've given yourself a chance to explain. And um, I know something, you know, I, I, I know, and um, I know people who are dangerous as well. So, Absolutely. you know, this is more of, a reveal um, that he is doing here, um, and, no- and telling her he knows her reveal that she is keeping hidden, um, particularly I guess from her daughter. So mm-hmm. um, that that's kind of a really nice um, framing. I, I loved how they did that, and, and I love that Kate took it in a different way. Um, but ultimately, she follows him as a result of that because he, you know, kind of surreptitiously. Uh, heads off uh, down through the kitchens and so on. uh, Well, he tells everybody he's
0: going home as well. Well, exactly. Uh,
1: To this underground black market auction Mm -hmm. selling off effectively barely legal and sort of recovered stolen black market items. And so I I did like the first one, which I wondered whether it was something out of Jurassic Park or whether Mm -hmm. it was a Shatari. It looked like a Triceratops head. Yeah. Where he says, No, you can't publicly display this, you yeah. know? Uh, so... <laughs> and don't tell anybody where you got it.
0: Happens, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, great to see Simon Callow here as uh, as Armando. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, Simon Callow, uh, probably best known for his role in uh, Four in and a Funeral. Yes. Uh, and one of the best characters in that movie. still stands up uh, to this day. A great, great character actor. So uh, so great to see him in here uh, as Armando. Uh, the third of seven or more uh, <laughs> is the question. Seven's probably enough, isn't it? I yeah. get quite enough. Yeah. What do you think of this idea of the underground auction? This idea of uh, of everybody bidding on these items that have been some stolen from the Avengers compound, some from other sources. Yep. This idea that there is an auction for these prized items and how they're feeding into the underground black market.
2: I love this. This for me yep. was fantastic. It, it, one of the most fun parts was like this is feeding off homecoming that they're like originally damaging. We're going in and trying to like scoop up everything quickly. Um, And there's just people were going in and grabbing them all along. And then we saw with the vulture, he was grabbing all this stuff. And yeah, it makes sense every now and again, things are going to fall off the back of a lorry, mm-hmm. much like a massive Triceratops skull. Uh <laughs> So for me, this was, I love this. I love the idea that there is this underground market and it's, yeah, you're going to have like, there is in real life, there's apparently stolen works of art. Absolutely. Like, just being hung in very rich people's homes. Mm-hmm. That And they're like, oh, it's just a fake. But no, no, the fake's in the museum yes. because it was stolen years later.
0: We heard a lot about that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, didn't we? Exactly. Yes, uh, from a major character who was uh, who was doing all that dealing in Majapur, right? So uh, yep. so you never know. Maybe they're involved. Hopefully you've all seen uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and know exactly who I'm talking about there. Um, we do. Yeah.
2: I know you well, we do. have. But- <laughs> so, uh, I'm just
1: affirming that well, not only did we, but I also remember. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, but I wonder, now that that person's in the U.S., would they be the people that set up uh, the Underground Auction here? That's a good link. Oh, go. that's a good uh, one. Right. Two more things to talk about uh, about the Underground Auction. We can't, can't get away from the big point about it, which is that Kate gets... The Ronin suit, and uh, and has a massive fight in the wine cellar. That was a, that was a cool
1: <laughs> fight. I loved it really the kind was. of slapstick
0: nature of it as well. Like I know smashing someone over the head with a real bottle of wine, a full bottle of wine, is a very powerful weapon. Like, but I thought the way they used it and the style they used it in seemed quite Jackie Chan. Um, that kind of that kind of style of using everything around her. Um, I loved. There's a great moment where she just kicks a bottle up into someone's face and knocks it out I think That was that was my favorite move that she did.
2: Yeah. It, oh, she where she she brought her foot down. Like yes. almost like it was like yeah. whoosh, and going bing. Yeah, that was great.
1: Yeah, it, it was really good. It, and to be honest, you know, really powerful weapon, but a tragic waste of good oh, red absolutely. wine. Yes. Uh, I, I was kind of there Sounds going, like, save the wine. not the wine. <laughs> I thought she might be sort of taking a few bottles, putting mm-hmm. it into the Ronan suit uh, while she goes along. But I, I really like this. And mm-hmm. um, I say, the elements of slapstick on it. Um, I love the the Gary gag as well when oh. she's uh, initially down there with the uh, entree, uh, the little hors d'oeuvres that she's passing around, um, as as a kind of disguise. But uh, I love that she goes from that disguise of being sort of uh, confused uh, as being one of the waiters to um sort. Of, effectively disguising herself in then this Ronan suit, which is part of this collection yeah, here. Yeah, of that... course the other one being the um the Ronan sword as well, which we see Armand and Jack fighting over. Mm-hmm. And again, something about the money there, where Armand is saying you don't have any money, um and he's well when i get my inheritance mm-hmm. uh there will be uh money there in 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 bags loads yep. of it
0: and um, so interesting like 425 grand by uh by sticking the uh the sword in his pocket after, after <laughs> exactly so, uh, so it turns out that jack even though he didn't win the auction ends off getting that sword sticking it in his pocket and taking it with them so uh, th- i think the 425 was what he had put up for it and i think uh, Armand was able to go to four, seven, five. He was, um, yeah. But the Gary gag, sorry, really quickly, loved it. Loved the idea that she picked a random name out of the sky <laughs> of a supervisor. <laughs> then the supervisor comes down. Then she says, I quit because you don't even remember my name. <laughs> yeah. That's your problem. Yeah. He walks away. Brilliant, uh, Hailey Seinfeld moment. Really, uh, really good. Really good. Um, and last piece to talk about on this uh is... What is it that the uh, Russian Mafia group wants, the Russian organized gang wants? They seem to want a watch from the Avengers compound. Why is a watch so important? Is it Tony Stark's watch with an Iron Man suit inside, do you think?
2: It's a key. I bet you anything. It's a techno piece of key from Tony. It's a pocket watch. It's probably, I'm sure everyone's already gone back and looked Right, it looked like it was quite a fast kind of uh, wristwatch. Yeah, um, but like very, very thick. The style he would wear.
0: Now you do say Tony, but there is one other character that we know was obsessed with watches, which is Doctor Stephen Strange. Um, he had about twenty-five individual watches uh, in his uh, in his apartment. That is true, um, and yeah. and was wearing one. But yeah.
2: he never lived on Avengers Compound.
0: That is true as well. He was at the destruction of Avengers Compound, though, Chris, because that's where the big battle with Thanos happened.
1: True, so. but
2: all of his watches <laughs> wouldn't have been <laughs> <laughs> it's his watch, but you never
0: know. But
1: that was his. His watch collection was as Stephen Strange, and unless mm-hmm. he couldn't really spot whether he was still wearing one, I guess uh, in his his new robes as the Sorcerer Supreme or just Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um. But no. yeah, I, I was thinking more Tony Stark. Um. I know. Uh. You know. I me- tried to add a little extra. It- could be it, it could yes. be mephisto's watch who knows <laughs> <laughs> <put it> <laughs> but uh the other thing as well is jack does have a obsession over swords as well yes it is and um, and we see that in um eleanor's apartment as well that he you know he's moved in there and brought all his swords as well yeah and that are displayed through the uh apartment so yeah. um definitely reference to a character that I certainly would never have gotten in a month of Sundays well, and only after looking up um but the swordsman is a comic character
0: yeah i, I it's not that you wouldn't have gotten i really wouldn't because it, it's more that you wouldn't have got that there that any kind of history of the character swordsman because you've never seen him in comic books but no if you have a guy with that mustache who carries swords around all the time, you could probably guess that his name in comics is Swordsman. yes, yeah. Or Zorro. <laughs> or Zorro, perhaps, yes. Yeah,
2: they, they, There's going to be a connection. If, yeah. they're, if they're playing by the thing, he is, in the comic books, he is connected to Hawkeye yeah. and Kate Bishop yeah, um, in both. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. They They, they put it a bit on the nose. Um, for, so basically, I saw <laughs> like his moustache. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh, well, just that's under, bottom, under,
1: that's, yeah. under. <laughs> that's under his nose, exactly. Much
2: like they put the swords all around the apartment under mm. our noses, yeah, um, because it was just like that. And then stealing, I was like, oh, okay, right, I, I know the character name. I'm like, you're, you're leaning in. This is it. It's not yeah. a misdirection or a fake. It's, it's a, a, but it's a red
0: herring. The, the show will not be uh, finding out that this guy is swordsman at the end of the show. This is just one of those wonderful things that uh, that. They they allow us to go and google for a week in between two episodes that's basically it right
2: <laughs> well we hope so well, but we yeah. will see we will very much see yeah.
0: hope the show doesn't play out as simply as that oh my god <laughs> <laughs> he's swordsman did you know you're marrying swordsman <laughs> and then the show ends um, but i think that's it for our point number two let's go on to our final arrow points because we haven't really talked much about clint barton in the episode of hawkeye yet mostly about kate and her journey so our point number three is the Barton family outing, which is kind of lovely, considering you know we we know how important Clint's family have been. We met them first back in Age of Ultron, um, when the whole crew, the whole all of the Avengers, went to uh, stay on Clint Barton's farm. We met yep. his wife and kids back then, yep. and then they disappeared in the blip, so he went off and became the Ronan, effectively. And now we have him having a fun outing with his family in uh, in New York. Except for his wife, who once again uh, only appears on the other <laughs> side of a mobile phone, which I thought was a really good little gag for uh, for fans of uh, Avengers. That's how they all knew the world had restored to normal was because his wife, Laura, called him up on his mobile phone. So um, I like that the first time we see her here. Is on the other side of a mobile phone. I think that's a good gag.
1: I know. I felt really sorry uh, for his <laughs> wife, to be honest, being left out of the family Christmas. Um,
0: but you know, uh, many many parents would say, if you could just take my kids out from under me for a couple of hours <laughs> or a day or two, I could get this Christmas shopping and get the get the all the Christmas tree up and decorations. So maybe she was very happy to get a couple of days. Yeah, that sort of
1: But Clint Barton could do this all day. <laughs> 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 I, I have to say. Uh Jeremy Renner, I loved um all the way through that musical mm-hmm. um I loved the well, he wasn't there in reference to <laughs> ant man mm-hmm. um you know it was just really, really good. I loved how on the nose this was the Hulk smash 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 bit, um the fact that they actually um Hawkeye is there, but they leave him out um of part of the verse. Um, it was just superb. I yep. really, 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 for one, want to go and see um, this this musical. Oh, they're gonna do it. I, I, I would love to to see it, and yeah, they're definitely gonna do it. Yeah, uh, gonna,
2: if Disneyland, or at least they'll start on Broadway <laughs> and then just bring it for like a, off Broadway limited run, yeah. and then into Disneyland.
0: <laughs> I yeah. think it's too. It's too ironic. It's too. <laughs> it's um, not. It's it, not, it's, it's really not. It's so good. No. You know, it's. It, the idea that you would actually go pay money, like, you know, a musical costs like 60 or $70 to go and see one night of it. You know, I would say I'd probably have the same reaction as Clint Barton. Yeah, got the joke. I'm <laughs> halfway through. I'm going home. <laughs> I, uh,
1: I know. I loved his. Um, I loved the whole toilet selfie as well. I thought that was hilarious, Um where a guy asks him if he can take a selfie whilst he's at the urinal, mm-hmm. and he says, no, it's slightly inappropriate. And then as he's at the wash basin, is it okay to do it now? <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine that that happens to so many yeah.
0: sort of celebrities Absolutely. and I, I thought this was hilarious it's a regular story from celebrities that that's what yeah. people think they can ask them they follow um, them in the bathroom yeah. to ask them for, for an autograph or a selfie uh, ridiculous uh, but um, really interesting, and we do have uh, another kind of big change to uh, Clint Barton's character, or at least a revelation about his character. He now has the hearing aid, and I love that it's yes. introduced in a comedy way because he's turned off the hearing aid, so he doesn't have to listen to the musical. <laughs> uh, really good little uh, it, it, way to introduce it.
2: Um, yeah, big thing from the comic books, by the way. Uh, yep. But like, hopefully, when they get more into it, I can kind of give you a bit more details on it. But it was a, it was a nice, it was nice to see the the whole. Rogers the musical, I cracked up, laughed. I know it's on Spotify already and a number mm-hmm. of other places, so I am very much sure they will run with this. And uh, if it's similar to the um, the Zemo dancing, we'll get like a four hour cut or something. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder how um, many
0: songs they've uh, they've written, yeah?
2: Well, that's the thing. So there a few people have already said like when they were doing the rounds on the interviews, uh Hayley and uh Jeremy were kind of saying people were asking, Oh like, is there more? Like, is there more than just that one song? And they were like, We're not prepared to say, I'm pretty sure we're gonna see more. Uh so yeah, definitely gonna be interesting.
0: You're absolutely right. I'm sure we're going to hear more uh, audio from that musical. I'm sure there's uh, it'll be interesting to hear all the rejected songs that they uh, that they put forward <laughs> and, and and landed on this particular one. It's really interesting, isn't it? All three of us on on, uh, on TV podcast industries have all been to a musical in the last month as one of our first live shows in the last two years. All as like yeah. the Mormon, right? Yeah. Yep. And it was fantastic. It
1: really was. Yep. I think that's why I've got the musical thing going. So I really want to see uh, Rogers, uh, the musical. Mm -hmm. And I guess with a name like Rogers, the musical, uh, if it was put in the hands of um, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, then uh, I guess it would be as hilarious uh, as uh, Book of Mormon. And Mm, I reckon... The buns of steel would feature heavily. <laughs>
0: America's ass, absolutely. Uh, I'm certain of that. Uh, a great, yeah, great fun introduction to uh, uh, to the Barton family, and again, yeah. nice, nice to have him with, yeah, with his family as well. Definitely.
2: I, I just finally, before we kind of go into the the next phase, where kind of they they go for a, di- a meal. But what I really enjoy is getting to see the kids. The kids again, yeah. your your personal, their personality is coming out. Slowly uh, and kind of, we've seen some of these for split seconds over the courses of the film, mm-hmm. uh, but it is good to see, and especially his daughter, um, who is going to become a character. I can see some. I don't know what who she'll be. What yeah. what they they're kind of. There's enough emphasis being placed on her, um, in especially this episode where you're starting to see. Okay, well. Her opinion means a lot to Clint.
0: Absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think I I know uh, when she first appeared uh, back at the start of Endgame, um, with her bow and arrow being taught by her dad. I think everybody at the time was kind of going, oh, maybe they're just going to make his daughter, uh, Kate Bishop. Yeah, <laughs> and, you yeah. know that there's going to be uh, some some way that they'll move this into the MCU. So, uh, so it's great to see them all back in here. Um, I do want to make mention, and I know the show is a much more fun. Christmas comedy, but I do want to make mention, and I think it's just glaringly obvious in a year where we've had lots of Marvel TV, that back when we had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the opening episode of Falcon going home to his family, showing that they were all going through uh, money troubles, effectively, and that he couldn't play on his name in order to get a loan for a new business. That was quite a central theme of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Whereas here in the opening episode, we have Clint going out with his kids for a dinner and they get a free meal. It just gets copped without even asking for it. And he even protests and he gets, he still gets the free meal. So it's just quite interesting the seeing that in relief between each other on the Marvel TV shows. I'm sure everybody pours over every single script and it was just interesting that he's being treated so well. Now I know Hawkeye was in the battle of New York and saved New York, and this is in New York, so there's a little bit of a different uh, side to it. But I just thought it was interesting that the opening episodes of both shows uh, show a different treatment for two different adventures.
2: Yes, and um, much to what we can assume in also uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, two different races. Mm-hmm. So, well. so that and again that that played a massive part as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, One thing they do, they don't linger on too much in the episode, but I just thought was interesting as part of the musical um, was his reaction to seeing... um Natasha Romanoff played on stage, yeah. you know, he's yeah. he, again, he's not listening to the music, but it is his best friend that's up there being portrayed as, uh, as this, uh, this kick-ass fighter uh, on, in the musical. Um As you say, John, he's, his character of Hawkeye is kind of relegated to a background singer, at least in the scene that we see, you know, we may have uh, a particular musical number where he takes the lead, but it does feel like Hawkeye is set off to the side from the rest of the Avengers because, hey, he shoots arrows. Um, so, uh, so I just thought that was quite interesting that he's seeing his best friend up there, and there, there is a reaction, you know. Again, the last time he saw her, effectively, he was, uh, she was falling to her, her death on Vermeer. So, um, so I'm sure there's uh, some some images conjured up there.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, like it, it is, it's just a, as you say, it's really nice getting this time with Clint and mm-hmm. and his family, but he has to cut that short because. All over um, the news when they're back at the hotel is his Ronan suit. Right. And, and so he goes out to investigate. So we have this really sort of the first connection where he effectively saves um, Kate, who's kind of been cornered in a car trying to escape from the, the Russian mafia yeah. that have, have followed, followed her. Um, and this, this just the context of this is that she has snuck into Armand uh, III's house. And mm-hmm. found him murdered in in the the house yeah um, seemingly stabbed as well that's yeah. what I'm guessing so um this is this is where she's kind of running away uh, from that crime scene but the, the the Russian mafia being able to track her uh, and we get this 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 first meeting as he sort of takes them down and and, and saves her to find out who's got the suit. Um, and um, why they're all over the TV. And, of course, he's taken aback and surprised to see uh, a 20-year-old woman in the suit. Mm -hmm. You know, so this... This is a good introduction here, I think, for for the two, and um, you know, maybe showing that the street smarts of of Katie isn't quite what she um, thinks they may be. Ooh, Casey! I think you might get a punch uh, from Case Bishop for calling her Casey. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I've got then. I've totally, you know, Kate, Katie Bishop, uh, Kate Bishop. <gasps> mm, <yeah>. Whoops. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, everyone. And um, but yes, this is um. You know, this this is a nice little sort of introduction here mm-hmm. to kick off, uh, well, to finish off episode one, uh, and to see where that goes then in, in episode two. Yeah. So yeah,
2: as we get the fight with the Traxxie Mafia, we do see that she, she holds her own for a fair bit. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. it's just only at the end where it's like, okay, there's that big brute of a guy. Yeah. And it's again, there's raw talent in Bishop. It's just, it's gonna have to be trained. Yes, bit more but
0: pretty smart of... to jump into the car, uh, lock yeah, the doors, absolutely. you know, because it took them a while to smash through the windows as well, you know, because they were using the fists, they weren't using implements to smash through the windows. But, you know, I like that she at least gives herself a breathing space uh, if that's yeah. all she needed. Uh, and there is that great flip overhead and smack a guy's uh, face off the bonnet of a car to knock him out. That, that was a cool move as well. Oh,
2: that looked amazing. Yeah. The stunt uh, coordinator in this. Mm -hmm. In this show so far, is just the choice of like the bottles, as you said, the Jackie Chan esque. In this, just her using, um, just using her 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 smaller frame Mm -hmm. as that kind of fulcrum point to swing and jump. Yeah, and we see it like again, like jumping all the way back very quickly to the the underground scene where she's holding from the pipe, and first she's trying to hit in the leg, and then she's like. Forget it, and she just pulls him in, yeah. and she has to just kind and squeeze the life out of his neck because she wasn't. And it's only when the pipe, the guy is still too strong, pulls her down, yeah. she flips again. And I was like, yeah, cool. It's just the choice of how they fight is amazing.
1: Yeah, it was really good, and I I really enjoyed just the overhead shot of of, of Clint doing his belt flick um at, at the the guys. Oh yeah, Um mm. I just thought
0: that was pretty cool, and. Yeah. and um, yeah, it was just super cool. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Uh that's kind of where we are at the end of the episode. Any uh, any notes uh for the episode? Who's gonna take the other big note
1: that well, we talked about? I mean the there is uh only one omission so far from us and and that is the the one eyed dog rescued by by Kate mm-hmm. um from the explosion at the uh the charity gala yeah. uh slash black market underground auction and um it is pizza dog from uh the the one-eyed dog uh from uh, matt fractions comic Mm uh run Mm -hmm. as well and and we see him getting a good slice of pizza uh, as well from from kate a bit of leftovers he
0: is a very cute dog oh yeah I i was wondering where they time in because the way that we the way that she catches back up to him, she meets him outside when she's getting some air effectively. And then the way she catches back up to him is that he's he's dragging down one of the Russian gang, the guy who's loading up the truck and finds the watch. And I was wondering whether they were going to tie the dog into the story by the fact that maybe he took the watch and swallowed it. And then, mm. then the Russian gang were going to be after the, the dog that she took. Was that going to be the connection? But he didn't seem close enough to eat the watch, unfortunately.
2: But <laughs> I think that is where it's going to go. Because why else are they still chasing her? I think it's going to be that the watch was swallowed by Pizza Dog. Maybe, maybe. Um, that's well. That's where my head was going into into episode two.
0: There you go. I might be right then. Excellent. I wasn't. I wasn't the only one that thought that. Good stuff. No. Uh, any other notes from the episode, guys? Nothing major from myself. No, nothing major from me either. Excellent. Well, was this episode of Hawkeye on target? Chris, do you defend Hawkeye episode one? Never meet your heroes.
2: Yes unlike the the moniker of this please meet your heroes because they will probably create something fantastic like this this was a fun jaunt well tied into the mcu um left me kind of clamoring for episode two and luckily enough we just roll we're able to roll straight in Mm -hmm. um so yeah 100 percent defend this episode
0: excellent how about yourself john was the episode of Antioch for you uh
1: yeah I do defend uh this first episode of Hawkeye give it three and a half Armand Toffees out of five mm. um yeah no I thought it was really good I loved Jeremy Renner I loved the whole setup uh, I really want to see uh, Kate's um rapport with him now that they've been introduced um I think you know I definitely defend this but uh, it took me a while to get into, uh, I guess, the Christmas spirits, maybe, mm-hmm. but I think it was more to do with the the sort of little pastiche of Jack with the sort of evil moustache, and, and mm-hmm. I guess how um, Kate's uh, mother was painted. That there's part, you know, there's part of me thinking, oh, I kind of know where this is going, so I, I, it, I, I guess I was like a little unsure of how of how and where that was going and um, so i think the second watch improved it for me but i mean the opening i loved i really think um Haley steinfeld is, is great as this i love the the jokes through you know from the the bell tower destruction through to the musical um, I really like the sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And as I say, I really enjoyed Jeremy Renner in this. I, I loved his facial expressions. just like his sort of look. I thought it was, was great. You know, someone who's happy to be back with his family and then seeing that suit and having to sort of, you know, just nip out to have a look. So that for me was really good and pizza dog as well. And um, I thought was so pleased they brought um pizza dog in on, on this series Absolutely. so um yeah three and a half arm toffees out of five for me wow
0: excellent that's that's pretty good for an opening episode
2: oh, it really is it. yeah yeah what about yourself derek do you defend this episode this opening episode of hawkeye
0: yes i do defend this episode i, I think i liked it more than john actually uh, when we watched it the first time um and i think it's partly because of the kind of heavy shows that we've been covering over the last couple of months. It's not, they're not the only shows that we watch either. We watch a lot of heavy TV, which is really in depth. And this is a quite a light show. Um, you know, that's, it's a fun caper. And I really enjoyed that. I think I really need to watch a show like that right now. <laughs> you know, there's there's uh, lots of things that you can watch that can be dark and uh, and can uh, put you in a bad mood, or can um, or could just require a lot of thinking power to read between the lines of what's being presented on screen and and that kind of stuff. But this was a fun action movie and a good kick off to the show. I'm looking forward to the rest of the show. Oh my goodness, I feel like
1: Scrooge now. Uh, <laughs> no, not, but truly, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. Yep, you'll be visited by the ghost of uh, Archer's past uh, by the time it gets to Christmas, John.
1: Well, better be careful where he puts that point.
0: (laughs) Um, I think it's time for a drink. Let's get some eggnog going and go over for our Hawkeye pub quiz.
1: Yes, fellow quizzes, fellow defenders, welcome back to the bar, to the pub quiz. Get your pencil and paper at the ready for Mm -hmm. question one from episode one. What three things do Clint Barton's children want to do
0: for Christmas? Mm, excellent. So that's in the uh, in the Chinese restaurant. It, it certainly is. Yes. Excellent. Um, yeah. If you want to enter the quiz, all you need to do is send your emails into feedback at tvpodcastindustry.com with each of the answers you can hold off until we finish the season. All six episodes will be up uh, by the end of the year. And you can send an, an email to us at feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com with each of the correct answers. Um, and you'll be in with a chance of winning some Hawkeye goodies. John, do you want to give him the question one more time? Certainly.
1: What three things do Clint Barton's children want to do for Christmas?
0: Excellent. We have gotten some thoughts in on the first couple of episodes of Hawkeye. If you want to send in your thoughts, you can also email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. You can join us on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tvpodcastindustries, or you can follow us over on Twitter at industries. We'd love to hear your thoughts as we go through the show. First up, we got an email in before Hawkeye was released from Heather Wallace, one of our fellow defenders over in Australia, who says, Hi Derek, John and Chris. I know I'm getting in early, Hawkeye hasn't even dropped yet, but I wanted to share why it has even more meaning for me today than it did when it first announced. Here in Canberra, the sleepy bush capital of Australia, there is a suburb called Barton. It's named after the first Prime Minister, Edward Barton, who took office in 1901. But every time I drive past road signs, I always think of Clint Clint Barton and get a chuckle. (laughs) The Barton suburb is also home to a well-renowned palliative care centre. And today, my beautiful little mum is admitted for end-of-life care after a long illness. I'm taking comfort in her being in a place that shares the name of one of my favourite superheroes. I'm not exactly sure what Hawkeye the TV series will be about, but I won't be surprised if it includes Clint grieving about Natasha. So many of the MTV TV shows this year have handled grief and loss so well. Both Wanda and Monica's stories in WandaVision resonated with me. I've been grieving for my mom for a very long time. Watching her health slip away and Vision's insight that what is grief but love persevering sums up my experience of losing first my dad 28 years ago and now my darling mom. I'm expecting that Hawkeye's Christmas setting will be bittersweet, and that's what I need this year. This will be my first Christmas without my mom, Faye, in all of my 50 years. No matter where I was in the world, I always came home to her for Christmas, so I won't be wanting the traditional stories this year. I think an action comedy is what I need. The MCU Marvel stories aren't just entertainment. They are our modern myths. They help us understand the world around us and show us how we we can help those around us and be part of a family and community. I'm doing my own superhero suit up, putting on waterproof mascara and a big smile so my darling little mom won't be worried. I'm happy with you sharing this in the podcast. I really like the idea of hearing people hearing my darling mom's name, Faye, all around the world. The TV Podcast industry's community has been a welcome one to me since I found it. It's helped me through a few rough times in the last year. Thank you for creating this wonderful space. And in case I'm not in touch later, Merry Christmas from Heather Wallace. Heather, thank you so much for reaching out to us. That's really, really sweet of you. I hope you're okay. Um, it's a really tough time for anybody to go through, no matter how long um, a parent has been in declining health. I'm, I've experienced it myself, and I know it's a very tough experience to go through. But I hope you can find at least some joy and entertainment over this time to to keep you going through uh, through the experience.
2: Yes, thank you so much, Heather. Honestly, it's, it means a lot for you to reach out to us. It means a lot to share your story. Um, we hope the show lives up to your expectation is that comedic kind of action comedy that takes your mind off everything like this is a safe space to share things like this and we're so happy that you have chosen to do that and do you know what just because you've you need that comedic uplift i won't sing thanks chris (laughs) excellent excellent
1: yeah, thank you so much, Heather, for sharing that with us. Like it's, you know, it's really personal to you. Um, but we're, we're glad you allowed us to share that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, that is absolutely something that you shout, um, through this podcast, through, through the medium of Derek, shall we say, uh, your, your mum's name, Faye, um, so that all our listeners can listen to, um, her name and, you know, I think in that you've given us um, really something special about the importance of, of Christmas, um, and, and it, it really is. and it, But it's important in different ways for different reasons depending on um, your circumstances. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much, Heather, uh, for that. Um, it's a, a great piece of, of writing uh, to
0: send in. Absolutely. Thanks, Heather, and a very Merry Christmas to you as well.
2: Yes, thank you so much, Heather, again. We also have some feedback from Claire Payne on episode one. and uh, Claire had this to say, Disney Plus were kind to gift us with two episodes that I watched twice. Episode one was exactly what I needed to understand who is Kate Bishop. Seeing the attack of New York in 2012, how it affected her family and saw inspiration from Hawkeye. I really like how Kate doesn't overreact to situations. There is a great comedic humour that comes across intelligently. The auction of recovered Avengers item was a cool moment and a great way to reintroduce the Roland suit, which essentially brings Kate and Clint together. Kate's fight sequence felt realistic for her skill and stature. I would pay to see Rogers the musical, wouldn't we all? But I don't think it would be a musical. I would see over and over again. The reaction of the Barton family watching it was brilliant, and it was a really nice moment from Clint as he remembered Natasha. I like how we subtly got to see the changes in Clint's life, his hearing aid, and just generally and not being overly comfortable being recognized as a hero. An episode that I had high expectations for as I watched the main trailer a ridiculous amount of times, (laughs) and I wasn't disappointed. It actually exceeded my expectations. Claire. Thanks Claire. Uh yeah, it exceeded mine I think I think to a fair amount. Uh, and as you said, yeah, it's actually interesting to th- to think about Clint wasn't a hero. He he was a shield agent for years, always in the shadows up in high perches away from everything. So, yeah, he, he's not a big man for the, the kind of the spotlight on like Tony.
1: Yeah. And definitely, uh, Rogers, the musical I- is a must. We need to get this trending, fellow defenders. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think Jeremy Renner, uh, playing Clint here, um, was just really, really good, you know, fun. Um, and, and just making those little moments like with, uh, Natasha on stage, yeah. uh, just, you, you know, making that subtle, change was really really cool and it is you know kate is um is played really well here um, and i think you know there's certainly more to come uh, from their interaction for episode two as well mm-hmm.
0: absolutely thanks so much claire yeah thanks claire uh, let's head on over to facebook uh, on facebook dan lee says the 2012 opening gave me chills seeing it from the perspective of a non-avenger enjoyed the rest of the episode so we'll definitely be giving the rest of the season a go Thanks, Dan.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Dan. Um, Brandy uh, Elise Anderson also says, loved the attack on New York City opening, and seeing it from the people on the ground viewpoint Mm -hmm. was great, especially because outside of Iron Man 3 and Homecoming, they barely mention it. And even then, it's as if the citizens just moved on without much fanfare. But this gave me some feeling of seeing Monica experience the return from the blip in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. It's it's all about the blip now. And uh, whereas this is this is not only a throwback to 2012, but it is a, a throwback to that referencing in, in the MCU. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was it was really special, uh, for sure. Um thanks so much, Brandy. Um John Higley says i have loved every mcu disney show but this one so far is head and shoulders above the rest mm. this is exactly what i wanted and more great stuff john Um good to hear your thoughts as well on um on hawkeye uh hopefully we'll be getting a load more uh, of your feedback um because uh this sounds like this is right
0: uh up your uh yep. alley Yeah, I think that's probably the the best way to describe my feelings about Hawkeye. It's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Um, You know, all the other shows have kind of played with expectations, but this is exactly what I wanted from this show. So uh, so I'm really excited to see uh, more of the show. Thanks so much, John. Let's finish our episode one chat with some audio feedback from Matt Murdoch, Musical Concepts over on Twitter. He has some thoughts about the music um, shown here from Christoph Beck, uh, the composer for this season of Hawkeye.
3: Hello, Chris. John and Derek. Thought I'd do the reverse order since I don't normally say Chris's name first, and I promise I'll put John in front at some point in the future as well. Very happy to have another Marvel franchise in 2021. Loved the first two episodes of Hawkeye. Thought it was great. Was super pleased that Christoph Beck is doing at least some of the scoring. There's another gentleman who is also credited, uh, Michael Paraskevis. I hope that I said that name correctly. Uh, apologies to Michael if I did not. But what I really wanted to talk about was how the first 15 minutes of the pilot episode seemed to be wrought with Christoph Beck kind of signatures. When we talked about what if, I commented on how Laura Cartman would sometimes throw her signature sound into the scoring, even when she was using themes created by other fellow MCU composers. Here, Christoph Beck's signature sound kind of appears in the first 15 minutes in a couple of ways. I'll concentrate mostly on the opening credits, and that theme was very interesting in itself. I'll play a little part of that here. Now, there's something a little weird about that, but let me play the second phrase of that which has the same weirdness to it, and then I'll comment on it. What's weird about it, you ask? Well, you notice how when that second chord drops, it seems like it holds longer than the other two? Most of that is due to the fact that he's using a little bit of asymmetry in the count, what we call the meter. He's using mixed meter. In both cases, you're counting to four and then you're counting to six and then you're counting to four again. And the four and a six create a 10 and you can divide 10 easily by twos and you could just count it that way. Or you can see that the two of those, the four and a six, add up to two fives and something that Christoph is really known for is mixed meter stuff, stuff that do count in five or in sevens. So the Ant-Man main theme is in seven. But there's also a great theme for Ant-Man and the Wasp called It Ain't Over Till the Wasp Lady Stings. I love that little play on It Ain't Over Till the Fat Lady Sings." Wonderful uh, thing, but it's in five, four. Uh, it's this that I'm talking about. Now, you can think of that in twos and threes, or you can think of that in just counts of five total, and you have the same type of formula being used for the Hawkeye theme. You have a four and a six, which are merely multiples of two and three, and so that creates something that makes everything feel just a little bit off. And I'm not implying that narratively he's trying to say anything like that. I'm just saying that this is the kind of thing that Christoph Beck likes to play with. He likes to make beats not fall where you expect them to. And to me, that makes it exciting. There's also something else from Ant-Man and the Wasp that is very similar to this opening theme. And that is the chord progression. The way the harmony moves is very similar to a tune called Misdirection from the Ant-Man and the Wasp soundtrack. Go check that out if you can. Uh, the chord progression is almost exactly the same. This particular chord progression, this particular harmony, is something that Beck uses often. It's Don't worry about these numbers, but it's the flat 6 down to the 4 down to the 1. It's a pretty common progression used by a lot of composers, but it always kind of gives everything kind of an epicness. But I thought I would point all of that out. Hope you guys are enjoying Hawkeye as much as I am so far. Take care.
2: Thank you so much, Matt. And yes, it is. you should always lead with me. I know you say <laughs> you want to do John next, but no, no, no. Just always go Chris, Derek, John. It, it, it rolls off the tongue so much easier.
0: It's just alphabetical order, Chris. Yeah, it. it's
2: alphabetical. <laughs>
1: Actually,
2: that's why it rolls off better. In terms of, again... Thank you so much, Mr. Murdoch. You do amazing things when absolutely. you uh, send these breakdowns. Um, I would never have guessed any of that stuff. And as you break down the science behind it, it all makes even greater sense. And uh, I enjoy it even more. So, again, thank you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Great thoughts, uh, Matt. Thanks uh, so much for your your musical uh ruminations and thoughts uh it's really great getting that perspective uh for for each of the the marvel
0: shows Absolutely. we've covered Um superb stuff thanks yeah. we'll end the coverage of hawkeye episode one there um as we said earlier on this was recorded as a two-parter with uh, both episodes one and episode two recorded at the same time but the uh Discussions run long, as always happens on TV Podcast Industry, so I thought I'd break it out into two separate episodes. Expect our discussion about episode two out later on this weekend. Thanks so much for joining us. Talk to you again next time. It is a pleasure speaking with you, as always, about
1: Mm -hmm. all things Marvel, all things Hawkeye. Uh, And remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Bye. Bye.